ain't gonna give up Got too little time, I'ma live up Head down, push forward through the tough times Cause anything we're doing is a tough time. Hey there demons, it's us you girls Welcome to the Office Goblin Podcast I'm S And I'm D. And we are goblins, two goblins on the internet that have many thoughts, interests, and opinions about stuff and things. Today, we are going to explore, as we catapult into spooky season officially, (laughs) the things that we feared as children versus the things that we fear as adults. There may be similarities, there may be differences, but I sure know that childhood (laughs) trauma... (laughs) Ooh, keep some things real consistent. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And you can quote me on that. Yeah, there is. I feel like there's some things that I have been absolutely terrified ever since I was a kid. And I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of it is kind of trivial. Like by comparison or? It's just like in... In the grand scheme of things, you have phobias of specific things or or creatures or items. And then there's like, I fear what might happen in the afterlife. Like there's trivial and then there's like big picture kind of fears. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Baby D did not have the capacity to like fear big picture things. And so now adult D is like, oh, what is bankruptcy? What is finance? What is like <laughs> <laughs> What is the IRS? Yeah, why do they know who I am? Like that's more <laughs> kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. So starting with baby D through mm-hmm. adolescent D, what were the fears like very early on in life and what did that look like right before your 20s? I A fear that has stayed my whole life is a fear of spiders. (laughs) I've been so scared (laughs) of spiders my whole life. All spiders? All spiders. Now, I have been able to slightly... um, What is it called when you're able to, like, not have such a visceral reaction? Uh, Like, the exposure therapy kind of thing? Yeah, like, desensitized. Desensitized. So I've I've been able to desensitize myself to some instances. Like I have uh, little jumping spiders that live on my front patio, mm-hmm. and I'll watch them through the window and think that they're super cute. Like, oh look at the little little babies, the little like eight legged puppies, basically. And then I'll see a wolf spider and I'll go, ah! like I'll I'll die. Like it's- yeah, but that's <laughs> apples to oranges in the arachnid kingdom. That's fair. You know what I mean. mean- Wolf spiders are basically just giant spider puppies because they also will do nothing towards you. They are totally ambivalent to your presence Mm -hmm. compared to, like, a black widow or a garden spider. Like, it's just some are super big, some are super small. But overall, I just don't care for them. And I will still scream like a little girl if one crawls out of nowhere and, like, comes at me. Listen, have you seen boys and men in the presence of any kind of bugs that move too quickly? <laughs> or just Have you like- seen? Have you heard? <laughs> I have. Yeah. I think the best, though, is seeing, like, men's reactions to mice. 
because <laughs> mice are bigger and so they can see them easier and they just move that much faster. Uh-huh. And so I've seen I've seen videos of 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 men like trying to get mice out of houses because their girlfriends are like you do it, you have to get it. And like just the fact that they just grab like a broom or something and then end yep. up throwing the broom at the mouse like good job Greg <laughs> yeah. now you don't have your broom what's new Eat the one-legged flamingo pose trying to balance <laughs> screaming just bloody murder <laughs> or i love the ones where they they're trying to trap it in a container like against the wall or yeah. whatever yeah but they miss and the thing like hops at them <laughs> that's oh my gosh those were always my favorite videos i oh god yeah i just i've always tried to humanely get mice or rodents out of the house or yeah because i think glue traps and that kind of stuff is just cruel glue traps are awful i did have um like alligator traps so not the old-fashioned snap traps but the ones that are like stronger than that so i know that that mouse is not going to survive it okay kind of situation like i try so hard either to get them outside of the house or like kill them in the most humane way possible i don't like doing that but yeah i was gonna say a slow quick death and i was like (laughs) that does not make sense a quick death yes yes but yeah that's (laughs) that's been my irrational phobia i've had forever But then what are phobias or fears that you've had and have kind of lessened or maybe strengthened or morphed into something else in that time? Uh, well, when I was younger, I always had a fear of being overweight and too fat because being a girl growing up in the early 2000s. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. And... I was always bigger than my friends, mm-hmm. but it was solely because I was so muscular, and I did not see that until I found some pictures recently of myself in high school. I went, oh my god, I'm so thin, but mm-hmm. I didn't think I was in high school, and so I mm-hmm. had this fear of being overweight and that no one would like me. Yeah. And I don't have that anymore. I... Mm-hmm. Now my my fear though would be like just my health in general. Mhm. Like I am afraid still of of getting, you know, too sick and not being able to care for myself and like mm-hmm. I I understand that individuals with chronic illnesses and they've grown up with them and they like there's that fear of being a burden. I see. To those around you. Mhm. And like you will never be a burden to those who care about you. Right. But you still have that that underlying fear. And I think mm-hmm. it's just like almost an ancestral fear of I'm going to be too much and the the people will leave me, like my community will leave me behind. Yeah, yeah. It's not how they used to literally take elders or very sick people and leave them in the woods to die of exposure. <laughs> Right, or lock them up in the attic to die uh, alone and starving, or take them to. Yeah, like people would be just everyone. I I say that like like as a joke, but like no, mostly in like 
maybe Regency England or period England, you know, <gasps> where you just put the crazy ones in the attic and kind of hope that they either die or give them just enough to keep them quiet, like that situation. Oh, my gosh. oh yeah. That was that happened. Uh but also people would be dropped off in the states at asylums for the same reason. Yeah, yeah, that that was a thing. So it's it's that I guess a fear of abandonment but specifically because of health related issues that are out of my control. Mhm. Which which I think is a very rational fear um the physical capacity if you need to if you have mobility issues and mm. or need extra help with things access um the financial piece mm-hmm. yeah yeah emotionally yeah there's a lot of layers there when it comes to yeah. the health oh yeah yeah that that's very similar to one of my current fears um alzheimer's mm-hmm. oh yeah i have mm-hmm. folks who have had different forms of dementia and one of those being alzheimer's in my family mm-hmm. and i'm like fuck you know that that can just like roundhouse you upside the head like you don't even know it's oh, kind of yeah. like the whole thing that whole adage about like the frog in boiling water as the water gets hotter it just doesn't feel that it's boiling yeah it, you know, and especially like, what if you're living alone and suddenly you don't know how you got someplace and you don't know this and you're confused and you're mad and, oh, terrible. That, that idea of just one day waking up and you don't know who you are, where you are, what's who are these going people? on, who are the people next to me? Like, that's, I, I know, I think both of us then have Alzheimer's in our family. Or mm-hmm. dementia in our family lines. And, like, that is the key of who it could be next in line for this is, like, if you have it in your family. And it is absolutely terrifying because especially if you've watched someone go through it, you just yeah. think, I I don't want to go through that. No, no, truly it leaves a shell of the person they once were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that is just terrible to see because – at least maybe this is a saving grace where they have the buffer of not knowing the situation, not fully understanding it, as opposed yeah. to people who, you know, aren't going through this deterioration and see the effects of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just globally a terrible thing with your daily functioning, your ability to care for yourself, your surroundings. Yeah. And I mean, at that point, you can't live alone or take care of yourself. You know, mm. you need some kind of help. And and there's that fear then of your spouse has to step up or your partner or a, a child would have to step up and like either take care of you for you. And mm-hmm. then one day you'll forget who they are and why they're there. Yeah. Or you get nursing staff that could come in and help. And it's just... If you know what's going on and if you have someone that cares for you in some capacity to begin with, like those people that are truly all alone. Yeah. Shit. It's heartbreaking. That shit is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So that's my new adult fear. (laughs) Um, My childhood fear. It was kind of like one of them was losing all the people I love and care about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I wasn't really worrying about myself and what impact that might have on other people, but just, like, 
oh, what about my parents, my grandparents, like my sibling, mm-hmm. my my best friends and things like that. And I also have like one anxiety <laughs> coupled <laughs> with a really rich imagina- imagination. Uh-huh. Is disastrous. I don't know if people can relate. <laughs> I think it's very relatable content. But thinking of the worst possible case scenario for almost anything and everything. Uh-huh. It's it's like my my brain is an MC Escher painting plus a saw <laughs> film all in one. <laughs> Did you so I think when we talked in our dream episode, I talked about how I would have nightmares often yeah. as a mm-hmm. child where those I loved were taken from me and I had to go find them and, like, fight off the monsters that were keeping them from me. Did you Mm -hmm. ever have those kind of nightmares, too? Sometimes. And you know what? It's so funny you say that. In recent weeks, I've been having dreams about family members, um, close and uh, extended family, that I've I've just haven't dreamt about them. Or even Mm -hmm. friends or uh, peers and classmates from, like, grade school. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'm dreaming about them, and I'm, and you know, the thing, it's like, oh, if it's a good dream, maybe it could be a sign, but if it's a bad dream, you just ignore that. You stuff that in your pocket <laughs> for a rainy day. Don't look into it too much. I I have been having those dreams, too, of people I went to high school with, and I just, like, wake up going, what the fuck? I haven't thought about those people in years. What is yeah, happening? And I, and I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason for that. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) So yeah. And so with the rich imagination and the anxiety that I did not know was anxiety at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the innocent lens of the child's view of the world where everything seems so large to a small person. I was afraid of the dark. Mm -hmm. But only because it's like, it's so unknown. I was about to say, were you afraid of the dark or were you afraid of what was in the dark? What was in the dark, for sure. See, that's always the kicker. Like, I love sleeping in dark rooms and I mm-hmm. I feel at peace, you know, when I'm in dark spaces or when it's nighttime. It's yeah. like the fear kicks in when you hear the bush shake or when you hear yes. something moving. And like, mm-hmm. that's what you're scared of, which is a totally natural like ancestral response of Correct. I can't see it. I don't know if it's predator or prey. Yeah. And so the dark itself is fine. <laughs> Whatever's inside of it can fuck right off. Totally. It's like when you're in murky water and your foot touches something oh, and you instantly uh. want to die inside. You are already dying inside. <laughs> you shaved five years off your life. <laughs> Touching yeah. seaweed by accident or something, you know. Oh, the worst is like moss covered rocks and stuff, like algae oh. that Yep. That when you're treading water and like you kick some of it loose and it wraps Ooh. around your toes and you're like, no 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 no, I'm gonna die. Yeah, the the like the harder algae. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily the soft one, because the soft one will kill you, just slip on that, you know? But Oh yeah. <laughs> which is also like some of the things I worry about now that I'm older, like if even just getting up, my body's cracking and popping. <laughs> how it is yeah and i had a i told you about that one fall where i totally ate shit yeah and my wrist started popping after that and oh, the fuck. like the poor person living under my unit uh-huh you know at like 1 a.m just hearing <laughs> bang <laughs> yeah, it was worse than that probably because it was like a flying elbow smash 
Oh. You know? And that's, like, the thing I'm afraid of now. I'm, like, truly, like, you know, getting up from a stable surface sometimes. <laughs> Tell me you're getting old without telling me you're getting old oh, completely. when my fears is standing up. <laughs> I will own it. I will own it. Like, I'm not afraid about my knees. I'm more worried about my hips at this point, but... Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what's in the dark? Let me bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and the kind of noises and, you know, so much of it is coupled with, like, as a child, I was so fascinated by, like, the macabre and the mysterious and mysteries Mm -hmm. and ooky spooky things. So, you know, all of those things, that formula is wrought with (laughs) weeping and gnashing of teeth and regrets with a Z, regrets. See, I feel like I have gotten to a place where, like, with all of my past experiences, and some of them kind of recently, Mm -hmm. not within the last few years, but, you know, in the last five or ten years, where I've kind of experienced some, let's just say paranormal things again, Mm -hmm. and I just feel like I have, I'm so over it that (laughs) I... If anyone out there has ever lived in a place where there might be spirits, you'll understand when, like, in the middle of the night you hear something and instead of getting scared, you just yell, fuck off, and it stops. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, did I tell you about my childhood home in the attic? Yeah, you uh, you have, unless you there's something new that you haven't told me. No, but it's one of those things where, like, that was equally disturbing, and I can't mm-hmm. explain it to you. I don't know what it is, if it is, in fact, paranormal. Mm-hmm. But I know that I felt extremely uncomfortable. And then at the museum, somehow, all that seems like peanuts to me by comparison. Right. Even though I always feel watched. You're like, you want to take a picture? You, I'm going to be here all day. You can just keep staring. I don't know what you want from me. Yeah, like, girl, it, you, not the you booty just... <laughs> You just don't care anymore. <laughs> no, and that's why when I hear people say haunted houses are my aesthetic, I would get along with the ghost. Bitch, no, you wouldn't. It would be fun for all of three days. If that. Because that, that shit gets annoying. It gets old. Right, yeah. And I strongly believe, no matter what, how people choose to approach it, whether they believe in the presence of such things, paranormal or supernatural, mm. that it gets uncomfortable. And you will sure. still feel uneasy, even if you're not fully afraid on, you know, red alert. You will still feel very uncomfortable, and you don't want to live that way in your own house. That's supposed to be your oasis from the outside world. Yeah, it's not It's not a forever thing. Either you work out some situation where whatever it is can leave or, or pass on or at least comfortably give you space and, like, you both yes. kind of exist in the same area, but it's... It gets old real goddamn fast. Yeah, and to think that there's people out there that purposely want to, like, do their damnness, like, the amount of effort they put in to try to invite these things into their life and then wonder why shit's going south. That is some white people bullshit, and I'm not here for it. And I, being a white woman, I'm not fucking here for it. I I don't know whether it's like, you know, people just don't understand and they're like, oh, the occult or brujeria or whatever. It's just like, Mm -hmm. don't do it, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's no. But so, I mean, that's keeping it back like in this realm of fears. I don't feel like I have as much fear of the paranormal as I did as a kid. Yeah. And maybe it's just because I have one been able to like keep myself centered and focus more like 
being present and less dissociative. And so I'm not like, yeah, some people would argue attuned to that stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. But also just like, I don't invite it. I don't play with it. I don't talk with it. None of that. So yeah, that was kind of like a childhood fear. Mm -hmm. And now as an adult, I'm like, personally, I'm a believer. And so I just take steps to not make that happen. Yeah, yeah, you can be kind, you can be respectful, but without, like you said, inviting it into your life. Mm -hmm. I will say at the museum, I would greet whoever. Sure. And it's funny because one of my colleagues, they wouldn't, and they would always have something going on around them. Right. Like, it's, again, if you... Yeah, if you believe it's all about respect, it's a mutual respect thing. If Mm -hmm. all you're doing is coming in and saying, good morning, have a great day, and then you do your stuff, then they kind of have that feeling of, I'm being acknowledged, I don't need to bother them, I'll do my thing. They told me to have a good day, then they can have theirs. Versus someone who walks in and is immediately, like, panicked, like, your energy is going to then affect the other energy around you. Yes, totally. Have you noticed that in adulthood, though, like, that emotions are very contagious Mm -hmm. in workspaces, in your home, wherever you are? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I, so, (laughs) here's something I didn't tell you earlier. So, for those who are listening, my birthday was last week, and part of what we did was we went out to a place that had um, gondolas that would go up the mountain, and you could, like, walk around and then ride the gondolas back down. One of my fears that has carried on throughout my life is a fear of heights. Again, a fairly normal fear. Yeah, it's like a self-preserving kind of fear. Right. What I didn't know and what I think everyone who is afraid of heights who wants to ride a gondola should know (laughs) is that when they're really busy, sometimes they just stop the gondola. Right. Randomly. Stop that gondola. For random amounts of time. So I'm I'm riding down the mountain with three of my friends and it stops. And so now I'm in a sphere hovering fifty feet off the ground. And mm-hmm. it's windy and it's rocking. And I am like digging holes into the upholstery with my nails I'm holding on so hard. <laughs> And all of my friends are like, it's okay, this happens, it's fine. And I'm just like, I'm so glad you three are not panicking because I'm about to have a full mental breakdown. <laughs> I would I would do like the old-timey English thing where I would slap you with a leather glove that I pull out of nowhere <laughs> and be like, get a hold of yourself, you know, talking like a 1920s gangster. I don't know why I'm combining arrows, but then be like, look, if we suddenly drop down we're in a giant hamster ball so we can beat this oh my god just like get the smelling salts out (laughs) yeah totally fetch me my smelling salts and musket (laughs) no you don't ask you're smelling salts and your tommy gun if you're really gonna like bridge that mafia gap (laughs) you know what i like a musket because it's just so funny and it's like i will shoot my smelling salts at everyone there you go Wake up, bitches. <laughs> yeah, pelted with these smelling salts. Get it together. <laughs> we shall thrive. But yeah, that was that was my recent brush with fear. And I, I have a feeling that, 
like we were all kind of laughing about it at the same time, mm-hmm. which helped keep the mood even. Because well, if all four of us were panicking, there was no way we were going to survive. No, it's honestly, I always say this. It's always better to laugh than to cry. Yeah. No matter what you're going through. I mean, sometimes you got to cry it out. But most of the time, it's just, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Tiss. <laughs> what about you? What about another a fear that you have? Either childhood, adulthood, anywhere mm-hmm. in between. Um, so I guess my newest thing in adulthood, it's not so much a fear as just like making sure that things are taken care of for those I care about and for myself. So having insurance, having savings, mm. having a roof over your head, the more practical things. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like existential crises, like what is my purpose? What is following death and things like that? I'm like, let's let's stay here in, in the here and now and just focus on the essentials, the basics. You know what? Tell me you live in America without telling me you live in America. I'm worried about health care. I'm worried about rent. I'm worried about house prices, about Food paying prices. my car off in time, having enough to fucking eat at the end right. of the week for gas. Like, things are so outrageously expensive in America right now, in, in the United States, that it is insanity. People are terrified of losing everything because of a flu or a car crash or just things that are so out of your control that should be forgiven and they're not going to be. But also think about like the attitude that we have here, the amount of just like overconsumption, whether it's mm. like especially clothes, food, the like amount of food waste in this country. And I know people from overseas, like family that I have, they're like, how can anyone be starving in America, like due to the level of obesity. And it's like, you know, just things like that, where it seems like oxymorons also. Yeah, that one, that one's actually a bit of a personal um, pain that I kind of carry of Mm -hmm. the obesity and poor. The reason that those in lower incomes have more weight is because the food that they can afford is bad for you. Mm Mm-hmm. It's because a box of Kraft mac and cheese is a dollar, or at this may point, maybe a dollar fifty, mm-hmm. and like an apple could be three dollars if you buy one at the market alone. Like so, it's and the, the whole box of Kraft is going to fill you up more than the one or two apples will. Mm-hmm. So it's like this really difficult balancing act that you have to do. Of do food stamps even cover fresh fruits and vegetables? Do these Things are like, are they even an option for people? And that's also why you see bigger health issues with the poor classes because one, they can't afford to go to the doctor, and two, they're they're not getting the nutrients they need to fend off illness, like those who have the funds to make it. So it's it's a really it's it, like the reality of it is so much more complex than just being poor and fat you know what i mean yeah exactly exactly there's layers and exemptions to i think certain things and that's one of them um Mm. the only thing that i have a bone to pick with is like the overconsumption culture if you don't have the money for it Mm -hmm. don't buy it Mm -hmm. like think about it is this a want is this a need and then if it's a want what is the purpose behind it are you feeling stressed is this kind of like some people 
you know, eat their sadness. Other people, you know, buy their sadness with clothes or, you know, looking for just random sex with people and hookups and, you know, everyone has something. Sure. It's it's very much a – people are so apt and readily available to put Band-Aids on shit in America yes. that actually face the music that it's like – we all kind of have to just – Chill. Look in, <laughs> chill and look inside ourselves and realize what will actually help versus what's going to help us forget. Yeah, I I think I find that so funny. It's like America is truly this place of contradictions. I was talking with a friend and colleague this morning whose husband has a lot of like neck pain and should have been to a neurologist, but the urgent care people were like, well, you need to go to a regular doctor for that. And then mm. their primary care isn't available until November. Yep. You know, so it's like, well, what's going to happen between now and then? With something uh-huh. like uh, headaches and neck pain. That's scary yeah. enough. I, I mean, me personally, back in July, I had a fun little bout with strep. Mm-hmm. And one of my tonsils is swollen and larger than the other. Oh, ouch. And I it's it's been like that ever since and I just got into my doctor um Friday to talk about it and she's like how long has this been going on? I was like at least a month if not longer. And mm-hmm. she went and you're just now getting in. I'm like this is the earliest you could get me in. Right. And she's like, you need to see an ENT, so an ears, nose, throat specialist, because mm-hmm. I can't really do anything at this point. They're going to have to take tissue sample and make sure that it's not an ongoing infection or like I don't have any pain. I don't have – I get a lot of tonsil stones out of it right now because it's inflamed and can hold more shit in there. Yeah. But it's not like – detrimental to my everyday life but it's still annoying and it's still kind of worrisome like i have a swollen tonsil what if it swells more what if i have an underlying infection and i'm not going to be able to find out for another probably month or two like did they take a culture and the results of that would be a month or two out or i mean i haven't seen the ent yet and it could be another month before i see them And then once they take the swab and culture, it could be another week or two before the results Mm -hmm. get back. Yo, that is next on my to-do list. Yeet those tonsils out of them, (laughs) out of your throat. You don't even need that. Because like you, I've been having problems with tonsil stones in one tonsil. And here's my theory. I had surgery like three years ago. Mm -hmm. And the few days following surgery, I felt this like weird scratchiness. Mm-hmm. in the back of my throat and then lo and behold tonsils or tonsil yeah. stones the tonsils have always been <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say hold on what you had yeah. extra tonsils yeah magically grew those tonsils myself <laughs> um but ever since then and it doesn't happen very often but sometimes i don't know what what is happening that is the conditions are just right that my tonsils are like oh time to make this tonsil stone baby <laughs> make the magic happen you know and I'm like, I just uh-huh. want these tonsils out. I don't need them. I I took my I sorry folks, this might get a little gross. I took my phone flashlight the other day and like shined it in my mouth and I 
pushed on my cheek to kind of get to where I can see my tonsil. And mm-hmm. I have a whole cavern, basically, uh-huh. in the back of that tonsil. And it's like there's shit inside of it and I can't get to it. I can't pick it out. I can't push it out. Like it's just so far back there. I don't can know I give- if that's what they need to do is like clean it out and then sew it up. I don't know. Can I give you a life hack? Give me a life hack. Okay, and this is courtesy of my friend M, whose uh, sibling is a regular listener of the show. So hello, A. Oh, hello. um, They gave me this great tip where it was like, you know those big syringes? So Uh fill it up with salt water and just shoot it at that shit. Okay, because I I did that back when I got my wisdom teeth removed. Mm -hmm. And I had like the holes in the back of my mouth and like same, same, same premise. Yeah, same premise. And it's nice because it's like the pressure of it is like a little mini power wash. Okay. And it'll blast it out. It won't just like push it further in. I mean, ideally, no, because if you have a large (laughs) enough tonsil cavern, if that makes sense, then no, like the pressure of the water is going to rinse it all away anyway. Oh, God, I hope so. I'm I'm scared. There's my fear. I'm scared about what's going to come out of my tonsil if I do that. It's it's for science. Think of it that way. Or, you know, go in there with a Q-tip. Oh, God. Okay. Because that's what I've had to do. I've seen videos where people are, like, fully in with their finger, and I don't know how they're not, like, throwing up at that point. Mm -hmm. But, you know, everybody's different. Good Lord. Um, for anyone who is suffering with this or knows someone with tonsils, that, that can get you through, maybe. Okay, I might try that then. I don't want to tonight, but I'll try it eventually. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, you gotta live to fight another day, (laughs) just saying. Yeah. Okay, I've got, I've got another kind of funny fear that we can talk about. Yeah, yeah, give it to me. It's not, it's, okay, I have a fear... Of being, like, stuck with a dirty needle. In what context? Like, that's just it. <laughs> like, any kind of hypodermic needle. And I I think that this fear comes from when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I was a wee, wee lass uh-huh. and would go to McDonald's and my mom wouldn't let me play in the ball pit because of a fear of hypodermic needles hiding in the ball pit. And she didn't want me walking around my shoes off and, like, stepping on one. But, but, like, is it the fear that, like, some crackheads came into this place and mm-hmm. left? Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I know there have been reports where people put, like, razor blades, and it, it's just vile. I don't know who would do this and take the time to do this, to put those things on, like, children's playgrounds, like monkey yeah. bars and slides. And I'm sure sand pits, ball pits are perfect for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which and is so crazy. That was- that was my mom's fear, and I think just growing up as an adult, mm-hmm. I'm worried about just, like, randomly getting stuck with a hypodermic needle. I, sure. I, the context, who knows? Just in general, walking down the street in broad <laughs> fucking daylight, I'm still worried that I'm going to, like, step on one and it's going to get through my shoe or something. Yeah. No, I – yeah, I can understand that. It's, like, one of those things, like, what are the odds – Mm-hmm. But they still happen. You know you know who else shares this fear with me that I'm like, I'm not alone. Who? Fucking Shane Maday also has the fear of being stuck with a hypodermic needle. And he talked about that on one of the Ghost Files episodes. And I went, my people, I understand. <laughs> yeah, listen, if, if it's more than one person, it's legit. 
Exactly. We are not alone, baby. Because, I mean, there have been, like, there are freaks out there. You know, like, the people, that whole Tylenol incident, the woman that was poisoned by, like, Tylenol? Yes! Yeah, before they put, like, safety precautions in place. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I I guess anything is possible. Who am I to say otherwise? Right, weird shit happens. Poison candy. You yeah. know, like the father who purposely poisoned his son's candy so he can collect insurance money on his own dead child. Fucked up. I Fucked know. up. But yeah, seemingly, seemingly trivial things. And especially as a child, you shouldn't have to worry. Like nowadays it's, oh, school shootings. Yeah. Especially in America, the number of school shootings we've had um, last year, this year, my God. It's like we're beating our record each subsequent year, which is so sad. Yeah. And that is not a record you want to be beating. You want to be losing to that record consistently. Absolutely. But yeah, you know what? Hypodermic needles. I should say you shouldn't watch. I forget which of the Saw movies. It's either one or two. You shouldn't watch it. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to watch any of them. (laughs) The first two were good. And then everything else is bad. Fight me on it. No, I I'm good. I don't watch scary movies in the first place. It's probably for the best. You know what? I like Marathon 3 yesterday. I don't know why, but I bulldozed through those things. One of which is like that Evil Dead remake and stuff. Oh no. It's kind of like Cabin in the Woods vibes. A horrible book of, you know, uh, atrocious magic bound together by human skin. Mm, sacrificed mm-hmm. cats, human suffering for the sake of suffering. Someone did get stabbed with a hypodermic needle in the eye. Girl, I forgot about that. I don't, I don't need that. In I know my but mental it, imagery, but also like, who's thinking of these things? And maybe they're also a person with anxiety, and it's like, you know what? At least I can make money off of this stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> these silly thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, there's, Perhaps. there's. There's been times where, like, my brain starts to go in really dark places. It's just on a storyline. I'm like, mm. I should write this down because this would fuck people up. Like, it's just. Yeah, this will destroy people and I want to see that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit, it has to come from somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. And truly, the when we say the call is coming from inside the house, it means the house is your brain. <laughs> And you are self-sabotaging by thinking of these terrible things. Oof. Oof. Yeah. That's like, again, it's so my, um, my husband was home alone last week. I was traveling Mm -hmm. and he was sick and was holed up in a room and he was like texting me saying, I don't like being alone in this house at night because it makes a lot of noise. Sure. And it it does. The pipes rattle and pop really loudly. The house settles really loudly. Mm-hmm. Like, there are times where you don't know if it's the house settling or if it sounds like someone is just walking up and down the hallway upstairs. Stop. Stop it. And he was freaked about it. And I'm like, this is how I kind of felt when you were gone when we first moved here <laughs> for work. And I had to sleep in a brand new house by myself. That's why you get doors with locks from the inside and you lock yourself in mm-hmm. and you keep the light on and you're good. And you yep. put on a guilty pleasure movie like Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Oh, yeah. 
Not ashamed. Yeah, I'm so it's not a guilty pleasure then, right? Because you can't be ashamed <laughs> of a guilty pleasure. You shouldn't be ashamed of a guilty pleasure in the first place. Right, yeah. Like, I will say the the ridiculous physics-altering, denying that that movie does, I don't care. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you put on a movie like that, and you're good. Yeah. And a cozy blanket. Very cozy. Multiple mm. blankies. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Do you have any unhinged fears or paranoias? (laughs) I think it's also, like, as a child, I wasn't afraid of many things. I realized, like, there were a few things, but very big things, like losing family and friends. Yeah. And that has, you know, stayed consistent and now includes, like, my pets, Mm -hmm. who are my my children, who are my babies, my little angels. As they should be. Yeah, millennial uh, pet parent- Mm-hmm. To the extreme. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I will bequeath all my funds onto these little children, you know, <laughs> in a heartbeat. <laughs> so they can have that good life. I work hard so they don't have to. But exactly. um, I guess now it's more like rooted in, oh, I can't walk on the streets alone at night as a woman. Oh, yeah. You know, and which is sad because sometimes, like, I want to defer to, like, oh, being afraid of what's in the dark. But it's like, oh, yeah, you got to be afraid of people. You don't, you can't be afraid of, like, what's dead or possibly in a spectral form, you know? Like, that stuff doesn't yeah. scare me. It's real people that scare me. Yeah. I mean, our, somewhere someone was like, a woman's greatest predator is man. Yeah, absolutely. Like, pretty fucked up that we want to romantically be involved with our greatest enemy but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i mean and, and i mean like this is you know women who are also involved in these atrocious crimes against other women and everyone mm-hmm. in between that we should say we're not most of the time it is men sure and that is facts mm-hmm. and stats but um yeah it's it's crazy that, you know, there's so many unhinged people, so many evil people out there. I mean, you can just look back in history, the amount of of families that have done fucked up shit, you know? Oh, to one another, even. To one another, Hell. to strangers, just... Mm. I mean, there there are always going to be bad people, but it's also really important to remember that not all people are bad. It's just no. like... Under what circumstances can you take that risk? And walking alone at night is not one of those circumstances. I'm going to take the risk. Yeah, yeah. And it's like sometimes you don't have a choice or Mm. you can't just be shut into your house. Yeah. You know, because it's like, what are the stats of getting into a car each day and the probability of you having an accident versus Mm. like flying? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and other forms of transportation. Mm-hmm. So we take risks all the time, and some of them we just don't think about it. It's like pushed to the very, very far regions of your brain. Yeah, I mean that's part of why I I enjoy. Like I'm not super thrilled with how um, heavy I am at the moment, but I am tall for a woman. I am bigger for a woman, and I have a really good vacant resting bitch face that I have practiced over the years. There you go, and the best way to like walk if you have no other option in the dark is to put your shoulders back head up and walk like you're on your way to kill someone like that is 
the best way to keep people from talking to you or approaching to you. Mm-hmm. Granted, you should always have some kind of form of safety on you, whether that's, you know, your your stabbies or your your sprays <laughs> or your shooties. It just depends on how you want to do that. But um, yes. no, it's it's exhausting, but it's a real fear of like, is this going to be the night that I get kidnapped and murdered? Who knows? But we'll see. Girl, and I don't know about you, but this is something that I've unintentionally started doing that I've noticed um, as I've gotten older is started just talking to myself, like talking through things. Mm, mm-hmm. And then I forget that the filter is off and I'm doing it out loud in a public space. Oh, shit. You know, and honestly, it's really helpful. You you, you know, I recommend people try it sometime because you'd be surprised, like, how many things you just voice aloud and you're like, oh, and, you know, moving on, problem solved. Thank you, me. <laughs> it's kind of like a shower thought almost. But you just know, in public. Yeah, just in public. And honestly, like, who gives a shit? Because then also... The bonus of that is people stay away from you. Yeah. When you're you, just mumbling to yourself. If you, it's like you're, it's a very fine line of looking crazy enough that people don't touch you or come at you, but also yes. not so crazy that they don't call the cops. Like there's a very <laughs> tedious yeah, if, balance. Yeah. If you're dressed a certain way and like the manner in which you're speaking is a certain <laughs> way, then you you will be okay to be left alone. <laughs> but yeah. So if you find me mumbling, like, I don't know, in the produce, just just <laughs> leave me be. It's fine. And also, like, don't wear your headphones if you're walking alone at night. Like, yeah. if you do have them in your ears, keep them off so you could actually hear and see what's going on around you. Yeah. For the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, those are those are, like, the main fears of mine. I don't know, like, I think when you're younger, you like to think you're indestructible. And I understood from an early age, like, no, that's not a thing. Yeah. But yeah, as an adult now, it's just more rooted in like, what can be the harm inflicted to my own self to my bodily autonomy? Yeah, I think a lot of my my childhood fears were based solely in anxiety. It was mm-hmm. a lot of spiraling, a lot of what ifs, a lot of mm. trying to plan for the absolute worst, which you can never plan for 100%, mm-hmm. especially as a child. Like, why was I thinking, what should I do if my house is burning to the ground and I can't get to my parents? Like, what should I do if my parents die in a car crash? Like, that's not what an eight-year-old should have been thinking about, but it was. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, now it's, again, it's become more concrete. It's become, what if, you know, I can't pay my bills on time? What if some emergency mm-hmm. happens? What if, what if? And granted, I try really hard, and I was in therapy specifically, to stop thinking about the what ifs. Because... If it hasn't happened, then your what if should be, it won't happen. Yeah. Like, there's no point in ruminating so hard on things that are not actually happening. Like, you're Mm -hmm. just stealing away your life and your joy at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's truly like, is the foot in the past? Is it in the future? Um, God, Mm -hmm. I saw this really awesome tweet, and I wish I knew where I threw my phone, but that's just always me. Um, (laughs) So... Friends who are listening and are like, she's bad at responding. Yeah, now you know why. Um, But it was like from that Lord of the Rings quote by um, Galadriel, the elven queen. Okay. 
I was going to say Hobbit Queen, but that's not true. But she was like, things that were, things that um, are, and things that have not yet come to pass. And I'm like, that is anxiety in a nutshell. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> she got it, it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I wonder kind of if there's going to be an age where I start to get those existential fears again you know like in my 30s everything is happening and and it's concrete and like it's going to have answers and either i'm not gonna like it or i will right and you know when does that switch to you know what happens after i die or will i ever worry about that because i just am so done with life some days like how how is this going (laughs) to affect me (laughs) yeah and i think a lot of it is like is this something that you're questioning out of fear? Is it? Is the fear look like rejection? Like, let's say mm-hmm. if I ask this person out, if I try to apply for this job, if I go back to school, what's the mm-hmm. worst that can happen is the question, right? And I think the question also is what, can, what is the realistic worst that can happen? Yes. Like, you're not going to go back to school and the building's going to burn with you inside of it. At most, if you go back to school, you might fail a class. Okay, take it again. Or you might Mm -hmm. not get in. Okay, try a different school. Or just try again the next semester. Like, I think that's where a lot of us get off track and off the rails is that we think we're going to prepare for the worst when reality is the worst is so much easier than that it's so much less than that and it's not Mm -hmm. as life-threatening as that no but isn't that crazy that the instinct to already catastrophize like this is the worst day of my life Mm. you know which which is kind of nuts and it's like will you regret the thing of not having done it tried it Mm -hmm. even if it didn't work out you can at least say well i tried it it may not have worked out but the world's still going i'm still here yeah your pride may have taken a little bit of a hit, but you'll get over it in time. Yeah. I mean, that's it, part of – oh, go ahead. Oh, no. And it's just like on to the next thing. Life is a series of that constantly. Yeah. I mean, that's how I knew that I wasn't needing therapy anymore was my therapist pointed out where she's like, you're no longer saying that you've had a bad week. You're saying you had a bad afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like you're not saying anymore that – life is awful you're saying yeah i kind of had a bad experience at 3 p.m on wednesday but like the rest of the week was good and that's the difference that is the mental difference of everything sucks and is awful versus no this one thing kind of bothered me but i got over it like i i was able to move past it yeah yeah feelings are not facts nothing Mm -hmm. is good or bad it just is and if everything is terrible are you the problem? Look in the mirror. <laughs> Those clown sightings. <laughs> Have you looked in a mirror lately? You know, like, like just just don't do yourself dirty. That's my like terrible way of saying don't do yourself di- <laughs> dirty. That is so true, though. I mean, it's it's like you you. There are realistic fears, and there are fears that are just they're they're um they're phobias. And it's really important to know the difference. I have a phobia of spiders. I know that it is not rational, my reaction to them. Mm -hmm. But I also know my fear of getting a potential debilitating illness is real. But it's also kind of a phobia where 
it's not happening right now and it probably won't happen for years to come. So it's mm-hmm. like just having realistic worst case scenarios, I think helps a lot with fear in general. Yeah, like putting not even like an emergency break, but at least a break mm-hmm. on the thinking. And I will also add that when it comes to like fears, whether it's childhood, but especially in adulthood, if you're an adult and you're constantly saying it's not fair, shut up, shut up. You know, like life isn't fair. And when people are like, why me? Why not you? Why not you? Yeah. And at that point, it's like, I I 100% stand by the idea that you should not have to suffer to have good things. But if you are, then it's all about your outlook. And it's all about how you're yes. framing it. And unfortunately, you cannot control a lot of what's happening in the world. But what no. you can control is your reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And that is how you get happy people is they go, I can't control this, so I will focus on what I can. And that is the world of difference. Absolutely. So especially when it comes to the fear piece, you know, when you're a child, like you were saying, you can't really understand the grander scheme of things. But as Mm -hmm. you go into adulthood, you need some certain coping skills and just ways of viewing the world and engaging in it where you can't be blaming everyone else, that everyone else is the problem and this and that. Again, it's... How do, how do I frame my worldview? What's the framework here? And listen, if it is the people that are the problem, why are you still hanging out with them? Truly. Why are they still in your life? If, like, there are terrible people out there. There are manipulators. There are abusers. There are shitty people. And mm-hmm. if it really is everyone else's fault because it can be that way, why are you still hanging out with them? Get rid of them. Like, yeah. Or maybe you're, you're the Galoomba. <laughs> or the Goomba, whatever it is. Goomba. <laughs> the Goomba. <laughs> the Goober. Look at this Goomba. <laughs> but S, do you have any final thoughts and opinions on fears, fears in general, the feeling? Fear is ever present, but fear can be your friend. Mm. How about you, D? Words of wisdom? I would say... That it would be really healthy for people to get curious about their own fears. Oh, curiosity. I love it. Like that, that I think would help reframe a lot of just like, mm-hmm. don't, don't come at something with fear, come at it with curiosity on why am I feeling like this? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Well, with that being said, then, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have enjoyed it thus far, leave a like, a rating, subscribe, bookmark, shout us out into the universe, and send us to your friends. Tell them that we are awesome and worth listening to. We greatly appreciate all that you do for us. And until next week, stay alive, friends. Take care, everyone. From the heathens, got will, got fight, got pride, got reason. If they want to go, we then you know I'm going to feed them. If you come